This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for August 10th, 2020. I'm teaching a series, a new series. It's called Greater is Coming. Greater is Coming. I've been teaching on faith and patience for months. And so within the vein of faith and patience, I'm telling you that greater is coming. We're studying the life of David, and this is part six of studying the life of David. The title of today's message is Enjoy the Ride. On this Monday morning, listen, I know we're in the middle of COVID-19. I know we're still dealing with global challenges, economically, all types of things. This 2020 may not be playing out the way that you expected. Maybe you were not able to go, like we wanted to go certain places and we were not able to go because of COVID-19, all of that. I got it, I understand it. And maybe God is calling you to do into th- uh, calling you into areas and, and, and things and, and phases and levels and stages that you don't understand. I got it. But my message for you on this Monday morning is simply just remember to enjoy the ride. Don't be so stressed out about what God has called you to do that you forget to enjoy the ride. Let's talk about it. So David, uh, on Friday, we saw how David was selected and anointed by God to be the next king of Israel. And later he was summoned to the palace by the king himself. Why? Because the king wanted David to be his personal musician. This is from 1 Samuel 16, verses 14 through 23. Now, I, I want to imagine for a minute how this went over in Jesse's household, right? So first, Jesse's minding his own business. David is minding his own business. He's out there in the field. Jesse's at home with his other seven boys. And, and the king's prophet just winds up coming to the town, right? He visited Bethlehem. He caused a commotion in the town. And he asked somebody, where's Jesse's house? And it was like down there around the corner. So he shows up at Jesse's house. People in the town know that the prophet of the king is there. And then, so while he's there, he anoints Jesse's son, the last son, David, the one that they didn't even have in the lineup. He anoints him right in front of them to be the next king of Israel, right? And so if that were not enough, after the prophet left and after everybody kind of went back to doing what they were doing, you know, the brothers went back to doing what they were doing. David was sent back out to the fields, all of that stuff. Then all of a sudden, while they were trying to go back to doing what they were doing, the problem is you can't really go back to your old life once God has called you into a a new one. All of a sudden, boom, here comes somebody at the door again. Click, click, click. Yeah, can I help you? Yeah, well, I'm... (laughs) I'm a messenger, Mr. Jesse. I'm a messenger from the king, King Saul. And King Saul has requested that you send David to him. David, the shepherd boy, he wants to see him in the palace. Now, when you think about this, I want you to notice how David did not initiate any of this. I'm talking about this is the grace of God. David is a grace case, right? I am a grace case. I'm, I'm living the life that God called me into. This is not the life I asked for. This is not the life I wanted. I'm living the life that God called me into. David could say the same thing. David was minding his own business, going about his daily routine when one of his brothers was like, yo, 
come on, there's this prophet in the house. He gets called out of the field, and then he gets ordained to be the next king of Israel. When he tries to go back to his life again, boom, here comes another servant, somebody else, and it was like, you're being called out of the plains and being summoned to the palace. You know what I'm saying? And so, so this, this is not David's idea. God was the initiator. God was the one who called David. God was the one who was setting things in motion. This was the grace of God. It was not based on David's performance. It was not based on, on anything that David did to earn it or to deserve it. It was the grace of God. And it is the grace of God that calls us. It, we are called by grace, unmerited, undeserved. God calls us into the things that he planned to do with our lives from the foundations of the world. Now, Jesse, though, Jesse's like, okay, I got to send my son to the king. Jesse didn't understand grace. So Jesse's like, okay, let me do what, what I need to do as a father then, right? And Jesse was doing this in a selfish way. He wanted to make sure he looked good. So he says, okay, David, you go. But when you go, I need you to take this young goat and take a donkey. And he loaded the donkey down with bread and with a wine skin full of wine. And he was like, listen, I want you to... Now, do you think the king needed any of that? The king has more stuff than you, Jesse. What you talking? Now, Jesse is doing this so that he can look good. So he looks like he's doing, you know, this is performance based. And this is the problem. When God calls you into something, a lot of people, they get into performance based religion. Like, well, okay, well, God, what do I have to do? Like to become wh who you call me to be. And they're trying to work for it. And they're trying to like dot every I and cross every T and make sure that they're doing it. Like God didn't call you because you're so good. God called you because God is good. And God called you not by your performance, but by his grace, right? So, so Jesse was not sure what was going on. So he's, he does all of, this, uh, all of these things. But David, the Bible doesn't tell us anything that David did this way. David, as far as he was concerned, he was just rolling with it. David was like, look, man, I didn't come up with this thing in the first place. David was like, I'm down for whatever. He was rolling for it, with it. He didn't question the coronation ceremony. He didn't question the calling from the king. He just went. It was like, okay, you want me to be ordained? I receive it. Oh, now you want me to go to the palace? I'm, I'm down with it. And he went to the palace. And then it was like, oh, you want me to play the harp? I'll play it. And every time this evil spirit troubled uh, King Saul, David played the harp. And the Bible says that Saul was, oh, he was calm. He was soothed every time David played the heart. And so then the king sent another messenger back to Jesse. And with another message, this time the message was, hey, I want you to leave your son David in my service because I am very pleased with him. The Bible says that Saul loved David very much. So David became his armor bearer. So he was like, listen, I want you to stay here with me. He sends a word to, I'm going to send a word to your father and say, you're staying with me in the palace. And David was like, fine, I'm down. I am down for whatever. And as a believer, that's how we have to live. Like we got to get to the point where we are ready to go wherever God leads us to go. We're ready to say whatever God tells us to say. Wherever, we're ready to do whatever God leads us to do. And we're ready to enjoy the ride in the process. So what does this mean to you? today. You're like, okay, Rick, this whole story is cool and everything, but it's a Monday morning. I got a lot of meetings this week. I got you. I got you. So what, what does this mean to you today? I have three things to share with you on this month, on this Monday morning, and then I'm going to release you into the day. You ready? This is where I want you to rid yourself of all distractions. Three things. Number one, here we go. Now look at me. I've told you this before, but it is worth repeating. There's a certain level of mystery associated with walking with God. See, God made plans for you before the world began. 
and and he will reveal those plans to you but he will only reveal it to you in increments and in stages right so we only get to know what whatever god chooses to reveal and so and watch this and whenever he chooses to reveal it <laughs> so we're walking with god and we're, we're receiving progressive and incremental revelation from him concerning the plans that he made for us before the world began. So God will reveal himself, but let me be clear about this. God will reveal himself, but he does not have to explain himself. God is God. So God revealed some things to David, but and then he started to set some things in motion, but God didn't explain anything to David. And I'm sure David had no clue how this plan was going to work out, right? But he was. But the key is he didn't fight the process. He was just going along for the ride. You got to learn, just like David, to, to have your heart open to God. Whatever God is doing, you're like, okay, well, if this is you, God, then I want to be part of it. Now, I don't, I don't know like how you're going to do it. I don't have all the answers, but I'm willing to walk my faith even without knowing everything. See, God will reveal enough for you to walk by faith, but God is not going to give you all the answers. I've told you this before. If he gave you all the answers, then you wouldn't need faith. David didn't know what was going on. David didn't know. Listen, he was like, I'm called to be king. I don't know how to, I don't, I don't know. He didn't know anything about that. All he knew was whatever God, whatever you're leading me to do, God, I'm down for it. See, number two, when God opens a door, then you got to walk through it and walk through it in faith and walk through it with confidence. The prophet anointed David to be a king. The spirit of the Lord came upon David from that moment. However, David went back to his sheep. He was like, man, I don't know how to become a king. I don't know. I mean, he was like, I, I didn't ask for this, number one. Number two, I don't know how to make that happen, right? So he's like, I don't know. I'm just going to, well, God, if it's God's will, it's God's will. You want me to be a king, I guess I'm just going to have to go out here and wait and see what you're going to do. And then before you know it, David's mouth was in the king's, David's name was in the king's mouth. And then a messenger comes and escorts him from the plains to the palace. And that's how it is with God. And then this was an open door. And when God opens doors for you, you got to learn how to walk through them. And you got to learn how to walk through them by faith, with confidence. David had to trust God because he was, matter of fact, let me go back to tending to his father's sheep. Out there when he was tending to his father's sheep, you know the story. He killed a lion with his bare hands. He killed a bear with his bare hands. So he was like, okay, the same God who kept me through that is going to keep me through this. He was like, I don't know what's going on. He went, you call me to be the king of Israel. He didn't know how to do that. But the same God who kept them in the plains was going to keep them in the palace. And so the same God who called you will keep you. I'm telling you, God is going to bring it to pass. If God called you, he has to make it happen. Number three, last point this last point is a critical point david was not stressing about not having all the answers and i know that far too many believers stress out you there's no need to stress over this thing far too many believers stress out because they want to know all the answers before they start they're like i'm not going out there if i hey listen i'm an organized man i'm an organized woman i need to be organized i need to have listen if then no no then you're not going to be able to live by faith faith that means you don't have all the answers right so they want to have all the answers before they take another step. But that's not the life of faith. God called David to be the king. He didn't ask for it. He was like, I never asked for this thing. I never came up with this. This is not something I came up with. You came up with it. So if you want me to be king, you got to make it happen. David didn't stress over it. You know what David didn't do? And this is what people do today. David didn't ask a thousand questions. Okay, God, you want me to be king? How is that going to happen? When is it going to happen? Where is it going to happen? 
who who is going to happen through? How you know? No, he didn't do all that. Many of us we won't go anywhere without asking God all these questions. And David was like, "Look, this is David's attitude. Okay, God, you call me to be king. I'm down with it. Now I don't know anything about being a king. Just so we're clear about this, and I have no way of making this thing happen. So if you want me to be a king, then you gotta." You got to set it up for me to be the king. He went back to the plains and then he got summoned to the palace. He didn't stress over how it was, it was going to happen. He didn't stress over what, you know, hey, look, if you want me to do this, then I'm down for it. I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I set my faith in agreement, all of that. But there's some things that you're calling me to do that I can't do that. If you don't make it happen, it's not going to happen. And so if you're not careful, if you don't have this type of I'm open to God attitude, you can lose your joy. Let me tell you something. Look at me. You can lose your joy worrying about your calling. Literally. I mean, you can lose your joy because God called you to do something. God calls you to do things that you cannot do without him. And if you sit there and worry about how is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? Who's it going to happen through? How, you're trying to figure everything out. You run the risk of getting bitter. Now, I'm preaching to myself, right? I mean, like this is where I'm at. Uh, but you run the risk of getting bitter if you misjudge God's timing. I know many people. Now, this is real, real talk. I know people who have left church or who have just left their calling. Like they are called to ministry and they walk away from it because they feel like things were not happening fast enough for them. Now, David was called to be a king when he was 17. He doesn't become a king until he's 30. But I know, I know people personally who have walked away who have walked away from ministry, walked away from church, walked away from God because they didn't learn how to enjoy the ride. They, they walked away because they believed God called them to do something, but it wasn't happening fast enough. And they got frustrated and they got bitter and they left and they didn't learn how to enjoy the ride. I'm saying you have to learn to enjoy the ride. If you don't enjoy the ride, then the thing that is supposed to bring you the most fulfillment, which is your calling, can actually bring you the most frustration. And so you can be frustrated with something that God actually called you to do. Don't get frustrated. Learn to discern God's timing. Learn to be content. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Now, I'm telling you, this is not easy to do. Sometimes when you know that God has called you to do something and you have the passion in your heart for it, and like you can think about it, you meditate on it, you meditate on it, you can see yourself, you believe what God believes about you, and you're in, like me, like, look, God, I didn't ask for this. You called me to do it, but it still hasn't happened yet. I know how that can be. Look, I'm not, I'm not telling you something I read. I'm telling you something I know. But still, you have to learn to enjoy the ride. I'm preaching to myself this morning. I'm preaching to you. You have to learn to enjoy the ride so you don't allow the thing that's supposed to bring you fulfillment to bring you frustration. You got it? Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, you called me. I did not call myself. Therefore, I expect you to open doors for me that I cannot open. I expect you to set things in motion for me that will propel me into my destiny. I expect you to work in ways that are beyond my power or ability. And I trust you, Father, with my whole heart. I know I will not know everything. And while that's difficult to accept, 
I accept it because I know you love me. And because you love me, I know you, you're not going to hurt me. You want to bless me. And so I live by faith. My faith lays hold of your grace. And I am determined to enjoy the ride. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you want my notes, and you should want my notes, go to todaysword.org. There's a big subscribe button. Click on it and put in your email address. You'll get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, going to this day and this week, determine right now that you are going to enjoy the ride, that you're not going to get so frustrated that you walk away from God just because of something he actually called you to do. Learn to enjoy the ride. Leave me some comments in the chat. Share this message on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.